I'm out of breath just listening to all that. That's good stuff. Hey, good morning again, everybody. My name is Kevin Sanders, for those of you who don't know me, and it's one of my greatest joys to serve as lead pastor here at Hope. And I'm just really excited to see some new faces in the crowd today. You have gifted us by showing up today. You are a gift to us. You're a blessing to us. You make us better simply by being here. So thank you for choosing to join us this morning. We would love to connect with you more. We offer cookies and coffee afterwards, and there's a whole bunch of friendly people here. But even before that, we trust God has something in store for you here in worship today. And so we just pray that uh, you will be able to connect with him in a meaningful way. And again, thanks for being here. Um, on top of that all, uh, boy, I just, I am, I am really excited about all these things going on. And, and I really hope that a lot of you do sign up for that Shalom Farm Days. It's an extraordinary outreach. And we put the sign-up sheet last, out last week, but there's only like four names on it. And that's like Scott and me is like two of them. That's not good. So help us out. I want to see you there. Go ahead and put your name on there. I kind of like committed and I was like, I didn't even check my schedule, but it's going to happen somehow, right? So I encourage you to do the same as well. As we prepare to hear the word of God this morning, why don't we again pause and just approach God in prayer. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for being so good, for being so present, for revealing yourself to us so that we can come to know you more. That is our heart's deepest desire. So Lord, as we open and hear and receive your word, we pray that it doesn't fall on empty ears and unmoved hearts, but that we might be open to your Spirit's work to be transformed once more closer into your likeness. What a humbling gift it is to be here to receive your word today. We thank you, Lord. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So to start us off this week, I needed a little help from one of my friends. Okay. This is my friend. He came from far away, actually, quite far away. And he has an important message for us today. But first, for full effect. Okay? All right, sir, what would you like to say? Okay, you probably couldn't hear that. We're going to do it again because this is really important. Try it again. Yeah. To infinity and beyond. 1995 is when we first heard that expression from this bold space ranger. And it has stuck in the minds of people across the globe ever since. One of the most known catchphrases from any movie out there. But when you start to break it down, it doesn't exactly make sense. Now, Forgive me, but I don't mean to be a, a buzzkill. <laughs> I'm not going like, to kill him or anything. But <laughs> I don't mean to be a buzzkill. But it really doesn't make sense. I mean, think about it. It's like when a kid says, like, oh, yeah, well, um, I like you times infinity. And then the other kid says, I like you times infinity plus one. You know what I'm talking about? You've heard that said. How can you go beyond infinity? 
I really got myself in a tangle here. I apologize. Don't mind me. There we go. How can you go beyond infinity? Even more so, what is infinity? Let's start there. Kids seem to be obsessed with this notion of infinity. And so uh, I'll ask my kids a lot, uh, uh, different questions, and then they'll ask me questions. And one of the questions comes up frequently for my oldest, Miles. He says, Dad, what's the highest number? I say, there is no highest number. They just keep on going. He goes, that's great, but what's the highest number? I say, it just goes on for infinity. That's great. How much is infinity? It just keeps, keeps, keeps going. What is infinity? Infinity means to be without beginning, without end, without limit, without measure. And as I express, our kids seem to be rather obsessed with this idea of infinity uh, because it does evoke in us some sense of wonder. Kind of like when you saw Buzz, right? And he, he's like, to infinity. And be like, you want to believe he's about to fly. It evokes wonder when we try to grasp the infinite. And even with that, that, that number illustration with my kids, you know, we start to say like, yeah, that helps us understand infinity some, but that even is limited. Even math, reliable, trusted, solid, dependable math can still be measured. I mean, think of it. After all, isn't math a created being's means of trying to understand the work of the creator? But the creator... The infinite one cannot be measured. And that's what we're talking about today, because infinity belongs only to one, and that one is God. We're in our second week of our series here, God is, as we explore these different facets uh, make up the one true God. And today we're focusing in on God's infinitude. Why don't you say that? It's such a fun word, infinitude. Infinitude. I don't know why Buzz didn't say to infinitude and beyond, but God's infinitude. What does that mean? It means God is completely and fully unbound by limits. He defies measurement of any kind. He is in all ways limitless. He is all of him, all at once, to a limitless and an infinite amount. With that said, A.W. Tozer has a great quote about this and The Knowledge of the Holy, a great, great book on all these things. He says this, Of all the things that can be thought or said about God, his infinitude is the most difficult to grasp. Great. <laughs> about 25 minutes to try to go to infinity and beyond together. Are you guys ready? <laughs> We're going to focus on three areas here and three ways to bring it home. But to start us off, we have to realize if God is infinite, that means God's power and perfection knows no limit. Hear this word that's going to kind of ground us for the rest of our time together. It's Psalm 145, verse 3. Great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. God does whatever he pleases. He can't be stopped. No one can thwart his plans. No one can stand in the way of his purposes. His greatness has no end. It has no ceiling. It has no limit. His greatness goes on forever and ever and ever. And when we think of his greatness, 
Greatness means it, it, it encapsulates all of him, all of his attributes. Jen Wilkins, she wrote this book that the uh, Ladies Life Group is going through, None Like Him. Really great read. Um, if you're a male, just still read the introduction that says, On Becoming a God-Fearing Woman. I read it. I found it helpful, though I'm not a woman. Uh, but the rest of it is not really specific to women exactly. It's quite universal in nature, and it's a very helpful thing. Spoiler alert, she goes through every single one of the attributes we're going through in our message series. So if you're looking for diving deeper, you can grab this, None Like Him by Jen Wilkin, and she writes this. His limitless underlies all his attributes, his power, his knowledge, his love, and his mercy. They're not merely great. They are infinitely so, measurelessly so. Okay, so that means when we say God loves you, he loves you infinitely so. We overuse the word love a lot, right? Like, I love McDonald's french fries. That's not on the same level that God loves us. He loves us infinitely so. When we say he forgives you, he forgives you infinitely so. When we say he is powerful, that means he is infinitely so. All that God is, he is infinitely so. And because he alone is infinite, we have to humbly acknowledge that our infinite God has no equal and no rival. Because none, none, none can compare to our limitless God. Not one. None can challenge him and stand a chance. Not one. God alone is infinite. Look at what it says in Second Chronicles 20. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. And no one, that's not just someone's, that's no one can withstand you. All earthly powers and forces are beneath God who reigns above it all. All earthly powers and forces has its beginning, has its end, and has its limit. But God does not. Look at what it says in Exodus. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? The question is rhetorical, but I'm going to give you the answer anyway. None. None is like him. None are like him. None can compare. So that means when you worry about the enemy, or you worry about the pervasive power of sin, remember, Satan was created. And Satan's end is coming. The death blow's already been dealt. And Satan is bound. Satan has limits. Satan has no chance. The victory's already secured because sin was conquered on the cross at Calvary and met its defeat. And who did that? Our God, our infinite and unmatched God. What's more, when we recognize that God has no match. He has no rival. No one can stand against him. We recognize that we ourselves are also not God. Now, most of us don't go around saying we're God, but we try to live as if 
we kind of are, don't we? But I'm quite sure we were all born, and we all know that we have an earthly end. We've become quite aware of that recently in our community here. We don't want to claim we are God, but we have to admit it's in our DNA. It's in our DNA to try to be like him, to try to take control, try to act as if we don't have limits and that we can have total control over all of our life. But what a glorious gift it is to live a life within limits, and even more so, that God, the one we worship, is not bound by limits. There's no limiter on him. There's not only is he all his attributes infinitely so, but God is not bound at all. That means he has zero boundaries to which he must operate. He simply is and can do what he wishes. Look at what the psalmist wrote. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. And as Jesus tells us himself, with man, This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We humans, we can do some pretty incredible things. I mean, think about it. The things we've built and the the, the different kind of accomplishments that we have and all of this. But it doesn't take long to realize how incredibly limited we are. Though we still act like we're not. You know that expression, if you can dream it, you can do it. That's worse than to infinity and beyond. What a load of garbage. You can dream it. You can do it. I dream I can fly. I dream I can grow a beard. I dream a lot of things that I can't do. And no matter how hard I try, it doesn't happen. We are so limited, but God is completely limitless and does whatever pleases him. He is the great I am. He has no beginning. He has no end. His knowledge, his wisdom, his power extends endlessly, infinitely so. And so if he has no limits, it also means he cannot be measured. He's not bound by space. We call that God's immensity. He's not bound by space. It's this crazy, captivating idea. He's not bound by time. That's what we talk about God being eternal. We'll be honing in on that specifically in a few weeks' time. So we won't spend a lot of time here, but it's part of his infinitude is how he is eternal, meaning he's both uh, uh, omniscient or uh, omnipresent, excuse me, everywhere, all at once, all, always. And he's also imminent, meaning he's traveling with us through time as well. Uh, We'll talk about that in a few weeks. He is utterly and completely without limit. He cannot be measured. Humans love to measure. Think about this for a second. I'm not just like talking rulers and stuff. We love to measure. We measure our time. We measure our ingredients. We measure the amount of gas in our tank. We measure our gas mileage. If you're my dad, you're obsessed with your gas mileage, and you're trying to adjust how to drive to optimize your gas mileage. We measure things. We measure our wins and our losses. We measure our growth, our weight gain, or our weight loss. We measure our accolades, our accomplishments, our friendships. When we compare, we're measuring up with somebody. When Meg and I go out to eat, I measure how much food I've eaten versus how much is left. Because even if I'm still hungry, I want to have enough food left for good leftovers later. So I will end my meal still hungry because I want a second meal that will still not fill me up later. 
crazy, but this is what we do. We measure everything. There are people devoted to even measuring the depth of the sea and the vastness of the sky and the weight of clouds. What? And astronomers measure the distance between planets and the stars and are even seeking to determine the size of all of space. We long to measure it all. But God, we cannot measure. We can't even begin can't even try to grasp his true greatness because we will fall laughably short every time. The finite simply cannot grasp the infinite. It's impossible. It's outside of our scope of understanding. We know what God reveals to us and what he allows us to know. And even that is an immense gift. He is gracious because while he is mysterious, he is still knowable. But we can never fully grasp all there is to understand about God, for he is immeasurable. Scripture says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And maybe you're thinking like, I started to think as I explored this that learning more about the infinitude of God really quickly shows how much we tend to put God in a box. Don't we? We try to dilute him into understandable means that we can comprehend and we can articulate and that makes sense to us. We put him in a box. We dilute him into a measurable thing we can understand. We will sometimes say, even in our prayers or our conversations, well, he's really good, but he's not that good, is he? Or he can't be that forgiving, can he? Or he can't be that powerful to do that thing, can he? He can't actually understand fully everything I'm going through, can he? Yes, 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 he can. He does. And so much more. He has no limits. No limits. There is truly nothing God cannot do. And what we find is that coming to understand that God has no limits, while it enhances our view of him, it also brings us a deep undergirding of comfort and trust. Look at what it says in Isaiah 40. Who else held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? We're trying to measure all these things. God knows because he spoke it into being. He has the measure of it all. The measureless one knows the measure of it all. And it's actually fascinating as we go through his word together, you read that those long details about the instructions for building the ark. And then later you read these detailed instructions down to the precise measurement and how to construct the tabernacle. And then even more so, the temple. And God is very clear and very detail-oriented, obviously. And so he gives us the measure. He has the measure of it all. But even more personally, we read that he knows the amount of hairs upon our head. He knows you. He has your fullest measure. So while we struggle to understand how God has no limits, we can rest in this comforting assurance that he knows the measure of all. 
We need not put him in a box, but instead stand in awe and worship of the only one who is infinitely great. I like how Kevin DeYoung, a pastor, put it. There is nowhere where God is not, and no way God can be contained. Not by imperfection, not by time, not by space. This is kind of hard to grasp, right? Tozer set us up well with our our warning, but he also has this quote in uh, his Attributes of God book regarding God's infinitude. He wrote this. This was uh, like a manuscript from one of his messages, and so this is what Tozer said. You might have a Charlie horse in your head for two weeks after trying to follow this, but it's a might good cure for this little cheap God we have today. What does he mean by that? He means we put God in a box. We dilute who he is. He goes on to say that we humans struggle to understand the vastness of God, and even more so, many of us choose to put these limits on our view of God. He says this, the God that's being worshipped in many places is simply a God of imagination. He's not the true God. He's not the infinite, the perfect, the all-knowing, all-wise, all-loving, infinitely boundless, perfect God. And what a warning and a wake-up call for all of us. Are we putting God in a box? Are we worshipping our own imagination of who God is instead of going to what he has revealed himself to be to us? It is far too common for all of us to distill him down into a limited and watered-down version. But to better grasp who he is, we must strive to push against that temptation. So we're going to shift now to a few takeaways. Well, how, how can this connect all of this? What, is, what does God being infinite really mean for us? And Jen, Jen Wilkin in her book gives a really helpful question for all of these attributes. How should the knowledge that God is blank change the way I live? Great question. Pastor Curry did a fantastic job of of framing why and how we need to seek to know God last week. And I hope you had takeaways from that and wrote some things down. And as we continue to explore the many facets of this incredible God, we have to consider how what we know must inform how we live. So today's question, how should the knowledge that God is infinite change the way I live? Well, first, uh, living within limits is an incredible gift. It's an incredible gift. We can't do it all. You can't do it all. I can't do it all. You know, I mentioned how we love to measure things, right? We love to measure things, take the measure of things. The other reality is we love to test limits. Kids, as soon as they start crawling, seek to test the limits. They seek to test their boundaries. What can they do? What can't they do? They want to break all barriers and boundaries to explore and expand their limits. We see that in toddlers, but boy, we see it in ourselves too, don't we? I think adults are just better at hiding it. But we constantly are testing our boundaries, constantly testing our limits, constantly trying to take control. But God has shown us a life within limits. He created for us a life within limits that our limitless God has given to us as a gift, not as a, not as a, not as a, uh, uh, punishment, but as a freeing, life-giving way of to live. He 
He's given us rhythms of work and rest. He has given us finite amount of energy and ability. He has given us a built-in need to rely on him as well as others. In fact, we were created to live in these God-placed limits. Think back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Here's what you can do. And this one tree, stay away. That's a limit. And what did Adam and Eve do? The same thing we all do. We test the limits. We have a tendency to push against all limits. But there is life-giving beauty to live within the boundaries that God has given us. To say, I can't do it all. I don't need to do it all. I don't need to be it all because I know the one who is worthy of it all and above and over it all. Jen writes again in her book, we are capable of bearing his image as we were intended only when we embrace our limits. Image bearing means becoming fully human, not becoming divine. It means reflecting as a limited being the perfections of a limitless God. The attributes we're looking at, they're called the incommunicable attributes of God. That means they're the ones that are unique to God alone that we cannot ever reflect. Uh, we cannot, no matter how hard we try, be infinite, right? Some of his, like God is love, is called a communicable attribute. We can live and share love, not to the same level, but to an extent. This is why we're looking at the incommunicable ones, because they are belonging solely to God. We cannot be him. We are not him. We were never meant to be him. And when we accept we are finite, we can better than reflect his glory, reflect the glory of the infinite one. So as we live within God-given limits, then we recognize that there is great peace. There is great comfort. There is assurance in knowing that God is limitless. There's nothing that's too much for him. There's nothing he doesn't already know. There's nothing outside his abilities, his reach, his power, his understanding. The one who sees all things, knows all things, holds all things, sees you and calls you his son. He calls you his daughter. And he sent his son for you. And he loves you. And he knows what you are going through and everything you will go through. And he knew it all before he spoke creation into being. And he called you. And he has an ordained purpose for each and every one of you. We need not fear in this life. We need not be afraid, for our limitless God is with us. We can trust him to an infinite amount. We can follow him. We can recognize that nothing is too much for him. Nothing will ever surprise him. Nothing makes God sweat. Tozer wrote in one of his books uh, that even Jesus going to the cross and redeeming all of creation was no hard task for God. That's just God, God can do it, and so he did. Nothing makes God sweat. Instead of going it alone, place your life in the hands of of our infinite God. And as I kind of mentioned, the infin infinitude, that is hard to say because you want to say infinity or an infinitude, yeah. Infinitude of God reveals the audacity of the incarnation. Again, not audacious for God, but for us to comprehend. Think of this. The limitless one, the only one without borders, the only one completely free of all restraints, chose to enter into the confines of a womb 
and to experience a human birth, to go through the frailty of having a human body. The one who has no end chose to have an earthly end, a brutal end upon the cross. All this God did, not because he had to, but because he chose to. The incarnation, the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ reveals to us most clearly who our amazing God is. And then we also see how this infinite God, the one who knows no boundaries, again chose to dwell. He sent his spirit to dwell within all who believe in him. We cannot fathom this. It blows our mind a little bit, but the presence of the infinite resides in your innermost being. What? But the Holy Spirit is with you. God is with you. God is in you. So our parting question is this. Does the size of our faith match the size of our God? God is infinite. How much faith are we holding on to that God is all he says he is and God can do all he says he can do? Do we believe it? Do we show it with our life? Do we show it with how we act? Do we show it with what we say about God? Jesus tells us with just the faith of a mustard seed. It's all it takes. Tiny little mustard seed. He can move mountains. Faith means entrusting our lives, our plans, our finances, our family, our future into the hands of our infinite God who can handle it all. To put our trust in him. To put our identity in him. To abide in him. To follow him. To worship him. To devote our entire life to him. He is great. How great? Infinitely so. He is the name above all names. He is the great I am. He alone is infinite. We can never fully fathom infinity. But we can know and we can believe that God alone is infinite. So may we all have big faith. Giant faith. God-honoring faith that believes God is above all things. God can do anything and that he is truly worthy of it all. To him truly be all glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for what you reveal to us about yourself. And yet it boggles our mind, God, even what you have given us to come to understand you. But truly, God, it's enough. You have given us more than enough to recognize and see that you are God and we are not. That you are worthy of praise. And so we offer our lives to you again in this place today, Lord. We do ask that you forgive us for where we haven't put our hope and our trust in you. We for, ask that you'll forgive us for where our faith has been way too small. We ask that you forgive us for when we try to go at our own, putting our place in your place by trying to be Lord of our own life, to be in control of our destiny instead of submitting and relying and trusting in you. 
We thank you, Lord, that though you are infinite, you are not unknown. That though you span all of time and stand outside of it, that you are still right here with us, going through time along with us, advocating for us, supporting us, inspiring us, convicting us, drawing us ever closer to you. So we offer you again our worship, our lives, our heart, for it's truly all we have. And we thank you that because of who you are, you say it's enough. Not because of what we do, but because of who you are. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are. You are so great. We love you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen.